1: Uh, Welcome to a podcast that I don't think any of us want to do, which is why Tyler and Steven probably aren't here tonight. So I already see a couple comments trickling in about uh, Tyler's tweet last night, as well as uh, whether Steven will praise Joe Lombardi on the next episode of Guilty as Charged Dragon Ball Z. Sadly, neither of them are here tonight. Uh, They will be back on Wednesday when we do our Cardinals podcast. Uh, but Arjun and I are here tonight to try to break down everything that happened last night and sort of where the Chargers go from here in a intervention-type podcast away. So, Arjun, how are you doing tonight?
2: Uh, doing all right. Kind of finally over what happened last night and had some time to kind of process every, everything and think things through. So um, I'm sure this is going to be one worth talking about, but excited to hop into it.
1: Yeah. Uh, excited to hop into it for sure. So as many know, the Chargers lost 27-24 last night. Or sorry, 30-27 to uh, to the Chiefs in pretty brutal loss. Uh, so Arjun, I guess I'll start just we can make this an open discussion. Where do you think is worth starting off first?
2: Um, I think, I mean, personally, I do want to talk about the fourth down decisions at some point. Um, I know that's probably that's probably not the biggest takeaway for from for most people about the game, but at least for me, I, that was just another disappointing um, kind of like outcome from Staley in that game. And I mean, I'll put it bluntly, like the the fourth and one right after halftime where he punted, that that was a go. Like that's that's where you put the nail in the coffin. You go up fourteen on the Chiefs, but instead you give the ball down, you give the ball back to Mahomes um and this whole idea that you have trust in the defense and they were playing at a high level two things which are completely false you can't stop mahomes and your defense was not playing at a high level they haven't been playing at a high level all season and they just let the chiefs get back in like in that game and it was just disappointing to see because the first half i thought they coached the game fine and the offensive scheme was fine and then the second half they kind of tur- turtled up like they have all season and you just can't do those things against the Chiefs and you literally have to play a a near perfect game versus the Chiefs right and we just we didn't see that um on Sunday night
1: yeah I I think when it comes to the fourth down stuff I've been wondering all year or really at the beginning of this year too just how much the fallout from the Raiders game last year in which Brandon Staley Went for fourth down on his own side of the field, which is, you know, kind of the situation he was in last night with that fourth and inches uh against the Chiefs when they were up four. Uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of that Raiders situation that we did have last year when Brandon Staley did decide to go for it in his own 23. Uh, and, you know, Brandon Staley decided to punt in that situation. Chiefs drive down 86 yards, go up 2320. Um, and you know. After that Raiders game, we did hear Brand Staley kind of say, "Hey, like this is what this is what the Chargers are. This is what I am, and I'm ready for all the smoke, everything that comes with it." And you know, obviously, we've seen the Chargers just not go for it this year. Um, I know Arjun, you probably have that Tage stat uh, memorized, but you you know, basically 2021. They add, what, 128% to their win shares, and they lose 46% uh, based on their fourth down uh, decisions to their win shares this year. Uh, And so, yeah, uh, like that to me is a pretty overbearing stat uh, and kind of shows why the Chargers are where they are uh, at this point. You know, obviously the Chargers had possessions after that. It wasn't why they lost the game, but certainly the mentality to not, bury the Chiefs at that point, you know, not score out of the half and then to then punt on that possession. Uh, it just felt like the Chargers were kind of willingly letting the Chiefs back into it. Wentz Daily last year did kind of want to try to bury the Raiders when he could, bury the Chiefs when he could. And he's just exercised certainly a different mentality this year.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Like, I, I just didn't understand the philosophy. And honestly, like, I mean, people are talking about that fourth and one after the half, I thought the fourth and two from the three yard line right before half, like that also could have been a, a go for it situation. Like going from, I think, so they went from four to seven, right? In that, when they kicked the field, field goal there. Uh,
1: the you're talking about the one right before halftime, yeah, yeah, when they kicked the kick the field goal inside the 10.
2: Yeah, let me let me just double check, but I believe, yeah, so they they went from. 17 13 to 20 to 13. So, you they go from a one score game to a one score game, doesn't really like impact the game that much. Instead, if you go get seven there, right, you're up now, now you're up 11, now you're up two scores. Now, like the Chiefs have to scramble. And the problem that happened is because the Chiefs were only playing down one score, they were able to run the ball, like they were pounding the ball because they didn't have to play with urgency they knew they were only down one score and they just needed one t- touchdown to, to tie the game or take the lead so pacheco was grinding out these six or seven yard carry runs and that all comes because of these compounding decisions that you don't go for the touchdown at the end of the half and you kick and then you punt it away to mahomes like punting it i i want to ask you like punting it in that fourth and one after half versus anthony lynn punting it in overtime like they're pretty it's pretty much the same decision, right?
1: Yeah, no, it, it kind of is the same decision. Honestly, even the games that the Chargers have won this year where they've like made a lot of conservative calls. Um yeah. the Chargers had, you know, three fourth and goals inside the ten yard line of Cleveland, for example. Um, and in all those situations, they decided to take three field goals inside the ten yard line with Taylor Bertolette. Yeah. They end up winning that game. Right, uh, in the way that they did, but you know, all of those decisions. Um, the Atlanta game, there were some pretty conservative calls. So, I guess you could say playing it safe has worked for the Chargers this year. But again, like this, this situation, playing the Chiefs is not playing the Jacoby Brissett Browns. Right, it is not uh, any of the games that the Chargers had previously played this year, other than the one that they played against the Chiefs. And you know, if you go back to that Week Two game. You uh, it was Dustin Hopkins at the time. They kick a field goal on the fourth down inside the 10 yard line in that game in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of ends up coming back to bite them and you know had, had a few conservative decisions even in that one. So, yeah, I, I think Anthony Lynn punting in overtime. Um, can't believe I'm remembering that, but yeah, it, it just it it reminded me of just how stark of a difference 2021 was in that regard moving on from Lynn and just how we're kind of back in the same uh, spot now. I did want to ask just from, you know, a decision standpoint and, and people have sort of debated on Twitter, like, what are the reasons that the Chargers have regressed in terms of the decision making? What do you think are the main, like, two or three reasons if you had to say that the Chargers have kind of changed course on that?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I I have four. Number one is their run game is significantly worse this year. They just can't run the ball. It seems like every third and one, second and one, they have to literally grind to get that yard. It's like, it's never easy. Like they'll, like, I, I believe there was a second and two where they got one yard and they have to sneak it with Herbert. And the Herbert sneak needed like two, like Herbert needed that second effort, right? And like, that's just like pathetic. Like if you can't win in, Steely said he wanted to be a line of, line of scrimmage team. And that is the complete opposite of what they are this year. Right, and that is a huge problem. So number one is the run game. Second, I think Staley has this belief that his defense is this really good defense. They they have a hundred million dollars in cap hits invested into the defenses here. So naturally, because of all the resources and all the familiarity with the scheme, they're going to be this great defense, right? That's completely false. This is a really This is not a good defense. This is a bottom eight defense per EPA per play, one of the worst run defenses in the, in the NFL, almost as worse as last year, right? And then three is a positive thing, kind, but it's kind of negative. Their special teams is really good. Like I was I was doing some special teams, expected points added, or EPA calculations. They actually ranked third this year when considering kickoff attempts, punt returns, punt attempts, kickoff or kicks. Like they are a really good special teams unit. And I think Staley's belief in that is kind of move them towards not going for it on fourth down because you can trust your your punter to quote to quote Staley flip the field, which is again, just a, just a nightmare of a quote in that scenario. But, um, that's the third reason. And then the fourth one, which I don't really like put like a ton of stock into outside influences, like Twitter, the media, just in general, potentially the front office. Like I'm not speculating anything there just because we, we can't really say anything, but the the first three points I brought up are all kind of objective and kind of have like stats to back it up.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think definitely, you want the special teams to get better, but obviously if that kind of comes to a detriment where, you know, Staley doesn't feel like he has to outplay special teams or outplay his defense, that is a problem. Um The defense. Yeah. So I, at some point, like, you know, Staley trusted his defense and all, but like, man, even if you just look at like a basic stat, like total defense, they were 23rd in yards per game last year. Now they're 25th. Like, even mm-hmm. if you just look at it from that kind of basic sense, like, you know, you could just kind of tell that this defense right now isn't isn't where it needs to be. Um, and obviously, adding to that, I mean, the big difference is that you don't have Joey Bosa, right? Like, yeah. which is just such a huge difference on the edge from a pass rush standpoint, even though they kind of did okay from a pass rush standpoint last night. Um, and obviously, in the ground game, it's just so different too in terms of the kind of presence that he is there. Um, do we have final pressure numbers from last night? Uh, I don't know if you could pull those up.
2: Yeah, so... Um, Calvin Noy had five, which I, I believe is his season high. Um, Mac, uh, so Khalil Mack had three, I believe. Um, yeah, he had three, Morgan Fox had three, Joseph Day with two, and then Rump, Derwin, Fahoko, and Callahan with one.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I did think in general it was a better pressure game than I thought, uh, the Maybe. Chargers would have, especially considering the last few weeks, cause they had like, 30 pressures the last three weeks entering this game so I I did think that was kind of uh, a bright spot overall in terms of how they were able to manufacture pressure Um, but yeah overall I mean their defense just in terms of what they're sort of relying on obviously not having you know healthy JC Jackson or what JC Jackson was supposed to be not having Joey Bosa Derwin James playing very well but Derwin James not at peak derwin levels if you want to say that yeah all of those things i think combined just lead to this thing where it's like yeah you can trust your defense and and the chargers have generally been able to get stops on mahomes in the past uh by no means has it been like a dominant defensive effort but um it's all you know it all does kind of add up uh like you said i mean i think the second biggest story uh after fourth down last night is, is probably third down um and in terms of how bad the third down defense is um because that is going to be a story that regardless of what brandon staley does uh, on fourth down and his decision making there it is going to just continue to reverberate the third down defense is probably as bad as it's ever been uh they are i think now i think popper posted the stat that now they're on third and 11 and plus like they're by far the worst team in the league in terms of getting off the field um what is wrong with the third down defense and is there any chance we can make it better before the season ends?
2: I mean it it could definitely be better but I just think like there's just like no like the communication is just lacking between the guys in the secondary. Like the third third and 11, third and 8, it's like the Chargers are getting beat by these like curl routes, these dagger concepts which like I like I feel like they should have been able to see Very often on film and stuff, but they just they haven't been able to do that. I think the biggest issue for me is like they just like don't generate pressure on third down. Like I don't know, like this is a situation where your pass rusher should be teeing off, should be having the the quickest get off off the off the ball of any down in out of the four downs, and they just don't. Like I feel like Mahomes are just sitting in the pocket on third down with ample time to to find an open receiver. So, yesterday on third down, the Chiefs passing game when they passed the ball average 1.19 epa per play which if you don't know is like absolutely insane they basically added um they basically added 11 points or 12 points damn near on on third down alone in terms of expected points but like you can like push that forward to like actual points and that you that just can't happen like if you're if you expect to beat the chiefs you need to get off the field on third down if you get them in third and long you better get off the field how did like it just blew my mind that in one drive, first and 21 turned into a first down and then like third and eight turned into a first down. They just like couldn't get off the field. And again, it's all like these compounding mistakes eventually add up and uh, someone like Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to make you pay for that. So I'm, I'm curious, like, is there any is that kind of like the takeaway you had as well?
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the big difference in terms of previous third down games, because, I mean, you could say the third down defense has been relatively bad uh, the last, like, two years in general, but, you know, this is probably the first first game that I can remember where the Chiefs have put up 163 rushing yards on the Chargers, yeah. um, you know, really, aside from that, a couple games, maybe it's been, like, 30, 50 rushing yards, like, in general, they've just always been a very pass-happy team, but, Isaiah Pacheco just kind of wearing defense down, you know, on those first two downs, particularly in the first half, uh, or, you know, Jarek McKinnon run here or there, all of the Chiefs running backs had over 4.0 yards for carry last night. Uh, And so that's just the kind of thing where if you're getting gashed on first and second down, and now you're on third down, or it's third and four, third and five or it's even third and two, like, it's just going to make it a lot harder, I think, to play defense. And then you still get to those third and 11 plays, too, where, um, you know, maybe they're just beat by Travis Kelsey or they're beat by something deep. That's that seems pretty simple. But um, there were just moments last night, too, where it looked like the Chargers were just trying to get off the field as hard as they could. Uh, Even on that final Chiefs touchdown drive, you have just Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day for example who was gassed like trying to get off the field Uh, and that is kind of just the Chargers game scheme thing time of possession things well but it just felt like the Kansas City rushing attack on this one sort of withered uh, withered them down a lot in the first half and then from that point on the Chiefs were sort of able to open up the playbook a lot in the second half because the Chargers then had to account for the run quite a lot yeah And at that point, it just felt like, you know, it's like, okay, here's Travis Kelsey. He's about to explode. And, you know, know, here's a 29 yard pass to Justin Watson. Right. And Sky Moore's best game probably of his career to this. point, Right. So it just felt like that running game to me and how decimated the Chargers are in the tackle room. I think that was really felt uh, just kind of opened up a lot of things for the Chiefs
2: yeah i agree and that's like that, that point exactly is why i wanted to put the nail in the coffin that's why you have to go for the touchdown before half and then why you kind of need to at least get three or seven right after half because keeping the chiefs in a one score game with them only down by seven or down by four or three it, it allows them to do whatever they want on offense like they can be as balanced as they want taking time off the clock so that's why they were able to run 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 but instead if you go up 14 if you go up 21 or go up like 18 whatever the square differential would have been like you're forcing the Chiefs into a pure drop back game and I mean I know that Mahomes carved up the, the Chargers but if the Chargers didn't have to like account for the run being up 17 or, or 21 like I mean I would feel a little bit confident like or I would feel more confident in that situation with Mahomes missing three receivers and the Chiefs basically trotting out Jody Fortson as their outside guy then the Chargers having to account for the run and the pass right and that's just like again it comes down to these compounding decisions by by staley to not go for on fourth down and and honestly just their inability to get off the field and i mean yeah it comes down to a lot of things i i have one suggestion that i was curious to get your opinion on can we can we bench kenneth murray for short reader like i think i've had enough of the kenneth murray experiment and like i get he's a first round pick he's had his moments but i mean reader looked good out there if you know do you agree with me on that
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think once they sort of put Trey Reader in the game, like, I mean, it, it made things a lot just better, simpler. Reader made the plays he was supposed to. Um, obviously, hope for the best for Kenneth Murray because he had the next mm. air last night. Um, so hope for the best for that standpoint. But Kenneth Murray, I just think, has been a very up and down performer this year, even from quarter to quarter or half to half. Um, you sort of have the first half against San Francisco where he looked pretty bad, and then you have maybe the best half of his career against uh, in the second half against San Francisco too. But yeah, I just think there's been too many bad decisions in terms of tackling from him and just, you know, what he's supposed to be doing on the field as well. Um, him and Kyle Van Noy, like on that side, I think in terms of the run game, have not worked great together when they've been there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see more Reader. And I think Brandon Staley is kind of getting to that point too. Um, I'll be curious to see what the chargers do this week leading up to the game. uh, If, you know, how much Kenneth Murray can practice, how much Trey reader can practice. And if, if Kenneth Murray can play how much they want to sort of divvy up the snaps from there. But I I think that that's, you know, definitely a decent suggestion if you're, you know, just trying to talk about which player is less of a liability right now, because right now that is what you kind of get from Kenneth Murray sometimes. And sometimes Kenneth Murray can play well. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, just has not uh, been pretty there at all. Um, all right. I guess what what did you sort of make of this offense last night? Um, because I think, you know, overall, first half, they were generally pretty successful. Obviously, we could talk about not going for the touchdown before the mm-hmm. half uh, and taking the field goal there. But they scored 20 points in the first half uh, and then a whole whopping seven. Uh, in the second half on a a Justin Herbert drive, that was really great. We've got that generational Justin Herbert drive. Uh, you know, here it comes. And then other than that, you know, then Justin Herbert gets picked, uh, on the final drive where the chargers are trying to come back and tie the game. What did you sort of think of the offensive approach and, and Joe Lombardi last night?
2: Yeah. I mean, I thought, well, so I thought the offense in general was great. I thought Justin Herbert had one of his best games of the year. Um, if you look at like a per play basis the chargers offense was better than the chiefs offense they the chargers offense had a 54% success rate while the chiefs success rate was only 52% now the chiefs were more efficient because um you know they they converted a high higher majority of these high leverage situation plays like in the red zone and on third down but i mean the chargers like moved the ball fine and like in the first half i thought it was lombardi's like best like half of football if you compounded towards a full game, he was mixing in play action early on first down. The first drive was three passes, three successful plays, and a touchdown. Like it was one of the best scripted drives I've seen from this offense. And then the second half comes and they kind of stop using play action. And they go back to this wide receiver screen game to DeAndre Carter. Like Herbert hit Palmer on a slant. And then they're like, they're running hurry up. And I don't know. It just, it looked out of sync in the second half. and. And then, you know, obviously you just can't have the mistake like Keenan Allen did fumbling when you're driving like that, because I think like, even though they got the ball back, they could have like, it would have been Chargers score on that drive, go up, Mahomes probably going to score. And then Herbert has the ball with probably more than 30 seconds left. Right. So I think like it was just one of those things where the Chargers got a little bit stagnant after the second half and they fell into this rut of not leaning on what won them the game in the first half, which was play action getting Herbert on the move and honestly just playing to the strengths of the receiver but again like I I don't like I don't know what to make of Lombardi because in he was coming into this game thinking Mike Williams is going to be 100% right and he leaves in the first drive so you're already tossing what like a quarter of your playbook out the window so just you know again I think it just all comes down to adjustments and I think the Chargers just didn't, you know, adjust enough and they didn't play to the strengths of what worked well in the first half.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see what maybe the playbook would have been, for example, like if Keenan Allen went out of the game versus if Mike Williams did because it felt like they did probably have a lot around Mike Williams in this game and they didn't know exactly what Keenan Allen was going to be willing or you know, capable of giving them you know, considering the nature of, you know, the hamstring injury and, you know, even coming into this game, the discussion was, you know, he was going to be on a pitch count, uh, all of that stuff. So, you know, I, I do think that the Mike Williams absence in this game was felt. Uh, it wasn't as bad because you end up having the best game of Josh Palmer's career, uh, which, you know, certainly did help in that respect. But, uh, you know, if you did have Mike Williams, Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen in this game all together, um, I, I might go as far as to say that the chargers might've come close to, you know, winning that one. And like you said, just having all of the offensive weapons out there in general, um, uh, that obviously could kind of like maybe have changed who had uh, the ball last, like you kind of said, uh, in terms of the time management, game management um but yeah overall it just felt like it did go kind of out of sync and yeah the hurry up situations like you were saying were just kind of weird in terms of like when they decided to hurry up and when they decided not to um because sometimes like it it worked but overall Mm -hmm. um I, i i don't know like it just could have been quite a bit better uh yeah but obviously if you score seven points in the second half for the chiefs like 27 is going to be a number that's not bad but overall could have been a lot better
2: yeah no i I agree and i I mean i was looking at this early today and honestly kind of just sums up why the chargers are what they are so the the top 10 players in terms of apy for the chargers this year joey bosa khalil mack keenan allen mike williams derwin james jc jackson Corey Lindsley, Michael Davis, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Austin Johnson. So, of those 10, Bosa, Keenan, Mike, JC, I guess you could say Lindsley, and Austin Johnson are all hurt. So, that's one, two, three. Four. That's six players of the 10 that are hurt. Of the four that haven't been hurt or like haven't really missed that much time, I would say all of them are playing below the level the Chargers signed them to play at, except like Corey Lindsley, who I think is having a great year. Like, I think. Like, can we talk about the Derwin regression a little bit in coverage? Like, I feel like he hasn't been himself in coverage. I think he's been great as a blitzer. I think he's been fine as a run defender. I think he hasn't been the same guy in coverage that he used to be. And I mean, I was as high on him coming into this game, guarding Travis Kelsey as anyone. You just can't get. I mean, Kelsey's gonna win. Like, I'm not denying that. But you just can't get beat that bad on what was like a simple mesh play, something he probably saw in film going into this game, and something that I would expect Derwin to, to lock up, especially given the contract he got this summer. So I know there's a lot of you know questions about whether this coaching staff is getting the most out of their players. Like, I I just like the the players they paid are either hurt or they're not playing at the level they paid them to be, which again, I don't know if that's on the players. I don't know if that's on the coaches. Like, it's it's just a mix of everything. Um, Optimus Ryan, like I'm ignoring Naz because like, I mean, Nasir is involved in what? Like 10? percent of the plays derwin is playing in the box he's playing in the slot he's playing on the edge like Der like Naz is, is only helping when everyone else messes up like derwin is the catalyst for all of this right so i mean i don't i don't really know what you're complaining about naz about like yeah he's not that good but the, i think the derwin regression is is more important to talk about than Nasir actually not playing that well
1: yeah, no, I think the Derwin regression and coverage is certainly there. He's um, just looked definitely a step slow on uh, coverage. I know Reality Check kind of mentioned this, but Waller uh, had him beat, you know, a couple times in Week One, where you know the Chargers, uh, the Raiders, just didn't convert those situations. But overall, like, I, I just kind of am not sure what to think at this point because previously, you know, the Chargers basically were like, "All right, well, we're just going to stick Derwin on Kelsey." Uh, and if we do that like they did in week three last year, we have a pretty good chance of winning the game. Uh, and if Derwin goes out with a hamstring injury like he did last year as well uh, in that week 15 game, then, you know, we're we're probably screwed. Um, okay. So definitely something has changed, I think, in terms of not how much they trust Derwin, because ultimately, considering how many injuries they already have on defense, like they just have to stick Derwin there and kind of live with whatever Kelsey's going to do. Um, But yeah, the success of that certainly has changed um, with Derwin kind of in the current state that he is. Uh, And it just felt like, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with defense, just by the end of these games, kind of feeling like a little bit uh, overloaded and tired, sort of like Everett is saying in the chat here. And that definitely, you know, is sort of some of those uh, completions that Travis Kelsey got in the second half. Uh, You know, prior to this game, uh, I believe Derwin James had never given up a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I believe this is the first time, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, definitely not the kind of game that you would expect from Derwin. Uh, And, you know, I think a lot of that also has to do with Derwin is being asked to do a lot. Right. I mean, he's being asked to come up and be a blitzer. He's being asked to play probably at all three levels, maybe more than he ever has up before at this time in his career. And he was signed to do that, right? And got the money to do that. But I definitely think there's still been that adaptation in terms of who we're supposed to do. And when you have all that responsibility, plus you have to guard Travis Kelsey, right? It can certainly be intimidating and that can definitely make Derwin James look a little bit worse.
2: Yeah, I'm, that's, that's a good point. I mean, but the problem is, you you paying him nineteen million dollars a year, like this, like that's kind of the expectation that he's he's able to do all of this. If he's only able to play safety, he's not worth nineteen million dollars a year. His value and utility comes in the fact that he can play edge, he can play linebacker, he can play slot corner. Like, I understand what fans are saying that he's at he, he might be being asked to do too much. That's what we paid him to do. Like that, like that is kind of like the expectation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get on him too much because I think he's still having a pretty good year. Even with the lapses in coverage at times, but it's pretty disappointing to see uh Kelsey have the game winner on him and start high stepping into the end zone. That was just a, a slap in the face, um, on that part.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, any we just have to stop Travis Kelsey from entering SoFi Stadium like next year, like, it just has to be a thing. I saw a tweet that uh you know, the chargers have to let Travis Kelsey into the ring of honor. And like, it's just, ugh, it, it just sucks how much they kind of blew the coverages on him um, in general. But yeah, uh, it, it definitely just felt like the whole game that I mean, in the first half, it felt like they had a pretty decent answer for Travis Kelsey. Most of the time granted, yeah. there was that one throw like on third down, I think uh, earlier in the game where Mahomes hit Travis Kelsey in the head. And that was the chargers getting off the field on a third down. So, you know, the, the defense wasn't necessarily always there. Um, but, yeah, definitely could have been a better overall game from Derwin, from the defense in general. Um, I guess, w- what do we sort of make, I guess, on that final drive where the Chiefs do get the touchdown uh, of the defense the Chargers were sort of playing there when they were up 27-23? Um, it just felt like everyone sort of knew what Mahomes was inevitably going to do, and still the Chargers couldn't stop it. You know, At some time, you just have to chalk that up to Mahomes being Mahomes. But do you think there was a lot different that the Chargers could have done on that drive um, than they did there?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: I mean, so so my like whole thesis coming into this into this game was, or kind of throughout the year was, you can you can win playing man on the Chiefs, and for the most part, or uh, not for the most part, literally for the whole game, Mahomes had almost zero rushing yards before the final drive, and then and then in that final drive he he rips off a run for six yards on first and ten, and then sixteen yards on first and sixteen on first and ten for sixteen yards uh, on the play right before the Kelsey touchdown. So. Like the Chargers went into this man look, a lot of two man stuff. Like they didn't even have a a guy in the box playing that robber or spy look. And, you know, they just, I don't know, like the corners just didn't play well this game. MBS had that curl route, his only catch of the game. Staley was asking for a push off, but again, you're not really going to get that, especially against the Chiefs. Um, And I think, When you go in those man situations, Mahomes has shown that he's going to beat you with his legs, not only this year, but just in the past. So I don't know. I I probably would have tried to dial it up a little bit. Like I, I know blitzing Mahomes is not the smartest idea, but this pass rush, like for the for the most part, had not been doing a very good job. And when the pass rush wasn't wasn't getting there, like it literally wasn't getting there. Like he had tons of time to throw in the pocket. So I'm not like too disappointed with the game plan because i think playing man in the long run is probably the right move against the chiefs but yeah i think they just got beat by the better quarterback and i think you just got to tip your cap to tip your cap to that especially when he decides to scramble at the end
1: yeah i mean definitely i mean every time we do a chargers chiefs preview podcast i like talk about qb spy against Patrick mahomes like it, it it sort of is what it is at this point um, and the chargers did a pretty good job throughout the game, like doing that. And then of course, like you said, um, gets a six yard run, then a 16 yard run. And that was basically, um, all of his production in, in terms of rushing just on that final drive, which, you know, I mean, 20 or so yards, like in the macro isn't as bad, but if you allow Patrick Mahomes to pick up like two critical first downs really on, uh, you know, rushes like that is just going to, you know, kind of be exhausting it it reminded me a lot of sort of the end of that Chargers Chiefs like Mexico City game uh, from Mm -hmm. a couple years ago I think Mahomes had like 60 yards in that game just running on the ground and um, yeah it just felt like the Chargers could have done better and you know maybe you get beaten coverage maybe you get beat by MBS or or something but it just felt like overall I still want Mahomes to beat me with his arm more so than I want him to beat me with his legs but You know, Mahomes took advantage of what he was seeing with the Chargers defense, and he saw a bunch of tired guys that were just exhausted from what they were doing all game. And he was like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to take off.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And like, I think Optimus Rhyme kind of brings up a good point in the chat. Like Staley, when it gets to third and long, it's just like Staley starts going into this super conservative zone defense. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, when you're in third and long, you're not supposed to play man. You're not supposed to play cover one like the Chiefs do. Like, you're supposed to play zone. You're supposed to have a seven on four, seven on five, a two on one in the pass game. Remember, Staley's philosophy on, on defense is one on ones in the run game and two on ones in the pass game, right? You're supposed to have two guys bracketing every receiver. And yet the Chargers get into these third and long situations. And it's like, even if it's a two on one, they still give up these completions for a long game, right? And it's just like, I have to go back and watch the all 22 to like really see the communication issues. I just think they're getting beat by these simple dig routes, deep in routes. And again, I, I, that's probably a player issue that they're just not communicating well, but we're kind of seeing that same thing in green Bay this year where the secondary isn't communicating well. So yeah, maybe the system is too complex. Like maybe it's just too complex for this chargers defense to comprehend. Like I, that's, really the only explanation i can have because this is a pretty talented secondary and the fact that they can't get a stop on third and 17 regardless if like regardless if the pass rush isn't getting home i think is a is a concern given all that they've invested into this um into this uh into, uh, into the secondary
1: yeah and i think the pass rush not being as good as it is we we've talked about it all show like that is part of why you know i guess playing conservative coverage on third and 17 like you know it is mm-hmm. does sort of get the chargers exposed because they don't like have anyone who's getting home to Patrick Mahomes, yeah. right um so that i i think is part of the issue um and then you know just like you know but you could also flip that on the other side and be like all right well you could go all out blitz or like you could go cover zero and like here comes derwin like charging into the you know line of scrimmage but like you know, the Chargers did that against the 49ers. And like, you know, that basically was the end of the game when Jimmy G, you know, rubbed that ball to uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think. Uh, And that was sort of game over at that point, right? So you can sort of play both sides on that, I, I guess, in terms of whether they should have been more aggressive blitzing, but like, you know, it also might not make sense to send like a cover zero blitz, like on third and 17, right? So ultimately, if the Chargers got the requisite pass rush that they needed, then, you know, you don't necessarily need to do that stuff on third and 17, which I, I think, yeah. Um, anything else you want to bring up from the game specifically before we get to like questions and stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of hate to talk about it. But I, I mean, I feel like at some point, we do need to talk about Justin Herbert. And just like, I don't know what goes like what why is the universe like for like how does, how is he throwing these interceptions on the fourth like in the last drive of the fourth quarter like I've been putting it off for like weeks now but like at this point like I mean even I have to say something like how is he throwing these interceptions like I know he he technically led a game leading drive it wasn't game winning it was game leading drive that should have been the game winning drive if his defense got to stop but like this is the second week in a row it's just like an interception. And it's just fueling the takes. It's fueling the the haters, right? And it's just, like, I don't, like, I understand why he decided to push the ball downfield. Like, throwing an incompletion there probably was, like, was going to result in the Chargers losing again. But, I mean, him throwing it another fourth-quarter interception to kind of seal the game is, you know, I feel like we should talk about it a little bit, even if I don't think that that shouldn't take away from anything he did for, you know, before that interception
1: no i mean i think it's worth talking about um (laughs) it's 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 the first justin herbert throw where i'm like oh we're back in philip rivers times Um, yeah no honestly, (laughs) honestly with the two minute drives um no it definitely was a bad interception to to end the game um sort of expect more from herbert in those scenarios um but it just has felt like A little bit that the processing has not that so much the processing has been off, but like the release point throw point have still kind of been a little bit weird, like since that injury. Right. Uh, Even last night, we still are having like batted balls down at the line of scrimmage. Um, That's still been an issue. Uh, I think there were a couple last night and uh, uh, Tariko and and Collinsworth even pointed it out. Uh, So like at that point. You know, it just felt like he hasn't been able to kind of get what he wants on his throws sometimes. But then that's also confusing because, you know, he just throws like, you know, one of the best throws of his career to Keenan Allen uh, on the drive prior where the Chargers, you know, take the 27-23 lead. So, yeah, I I don't know. Definitely was not the best game from Justin Herbert. um, eh, But, you know, those late turnovers are certainly going to you know, fuel the narrative and whatever happens on Emmanuel Acho's Twitter. But uh, aside from that, it it just felt like overall a really good Herbert game, probably like you said, his best game this season that just kind of gets sullied by like that late game interception. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're about 40 minutes in. Um, I don't know if people want to, we can have a little bit of a therapy session here now, if we want to, people want to shoot questions into the chat um just yeah so start shooting in your questions and we will get them uh as they come probably have about 10 or 15 minutes more here uh so get your questions in now uh and we can talk about them send in super chats if you'd like to uh as well and that will guarantee that we get to your question uh wanted to see if there was just any stuff that people were bringing up specifically, I don't know if people brought up any questions earlier. Um all right, I guess it's time to talk about it since Tyler sort of talked about it on Twitter with uh Brandon Staley's job status. Uh do you think Sean Payton is worth the draft picks to be coach?
2: I mean like I don't really feel like that comfortable talking about the Staley like Sean Payton. Like I just like don't know what the discussion is like. I mean in- in-season firing is just I mean the the return on investment is not really that big I think at this point you just you know let Staley finish out this year and reevaluate from there I think that's all that's all I'm going to say
1: yeah uh, I, I feel the same way I mean I don't know if they'll go after Sean Payton or something like that but I mean that's a discussion we can get to kind of when we get there um and I, I don't think there's any chance that Staley's fired uh in season relatively speaking um I actually don't know how good of a game or bad of a game filer had last night uh do you have any numbers on that
2: yeah so he did allow um i believe
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Yeah, he allowed five pressures, uh, one sack, 20.2 uh, pass blocking grade, which I think is wholly justified, and then a putrid 46.3 run blocking grade. So... He just got absolutely annihilated, uh, not annihilated, uh, that's over-exaggerating, but he didn't have a good game, and especially on that final drive, Chris Jones ate him alive twice, like it wasn't even the first intense sneak or QB draw that he beat Filer, Herbert had to scramble to his left because Chris Jones beat Filer like almost immediately, so I know Steven was kind of talking about how Filer was kind of on, kind of on this upward trajectory, but then he plays Chris Jones and everything comes c- crashing down, so
1: it's just a... Uh, pretty unfortunate yeah i mean it felt like the chargers well you know when, when they double teamed uh chris jones like all the time uh you know earlier in the game it felt like they had success but then you know i mean anytime he was kind of just one-on-one with filer in particular i it just felt like an issue um on the roster next year i feel like we've talked about this a couple times but his contract is you know basically was a three-year deal it's a two-year deal so um considering his level of performance this year, I think the Chargers probably just free up the cap space, similar to what they might do with Michael Davis. Um, but yeah, I I, I do sort of think Filer's most likely not on the roster next year. Yeah. Um, let's get to some of these other questions. Uh we sort of talked about uh, stunts and creating pressure uh this comes from brandon arias how much is bosa coming back going to make an impact once he comes back and are we going to see the same bosa or a different one i guess at this point
2: i mean we're not going to see the same bosa Growing groin injuries are incredibly tricky and i mean the fact it seemed like he had a pretty severe one so he's going to come back pretty or not a hundred percent i think in terms of his impact though i mean Khalil Mack is going to see less double teams and and he's like teams might actually run the ball towards Khalil Mack because Joey Bosa is one of the better run defenders in the NFL. Um, and that's, that's just been the problem with the Chargers defense. Like they just run away from Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack lined up over Andrew Wiley and they just run at Chris Rum for Kyle Van Noy on the left side of the ball on the left side of the offense. Right. So I think, you know, he'll definitely add some juice to a pretty dormant pass rush um, and hopefully at, get more of a rotation in there. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to not see Derek Tuska like actually be getting significant snaps and like key moments. So I think having Bosa back would definitely help.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think you're going to get any like peak Joey Bosa performances, but just having his presence like on the field, um, I think would just make such a big difference as opposed to Kyle Van Noy, uh, Mm. which I mean has been, you know, he has one of his better pass rush games last night, but still just during the run game, like it's so evident, you know, what teams are seeing when Joey Bosa isn't there. Um, And I think that was, you know, really evident last night. Um, This comes from Nick Semerikoff. Uh, Do we need to draft a tight end next year? Um, I guess this is an interesting question because obviously the chargers did not have Gerald Everett last night, uh, still working to come back from groin injury. They don't have Donald Parham either. Who's on short term IR. um, And that kind of opened the spotlight for Trey McKitty and stone smart um stone smart getting his first NFL catch last night and Trey McKitty you know sort of just being Trey McKitty last night um do you think there is a need to draft a tight end with I guess Everett heading into the last year of his deal and the status of Parham kind of up in the air at this point yeah
2: I, I I think you should you should be looking to draft a tight end like Trey, like Trey McKitty I mean I I don't think it's hyperbole to say he's, he might be one of the worst tight ends in the NFL right now. I know PFF has him last and that's what was showed on the Sunday night, uh, football graphic. He just, I don't know what he does. Well, I don't think he does anything. Well, he's really bad as a run blocker. He is probably the reason the chargers didn't score a touchdown at the end of the half on that pitch play. I didn't like the pitch play, the play call at all. But the fact that he literally blocked filer from pulling outside the tackle is, is just like, what, like, what are you doing? Like what, like, I don't know if he didn't understand the play call or like that was the, the design play. But he he's been at the forefront of some killer mistakes. And I don't think you can kind of justify even like keeping him keeping him on the roster. So I definitely think they need a draft a tight end. I wouldn't spend a, a day one or a day two pick on it, but look to get in, bring in some competition because, I mean, Trey McKinney has literally done nothing for the Chargers this year.
0: Yeah,
1: no, I mean, it's been rough to watch just because you, you're you sort of just waiting for him to turn the corner um, and there's no corner being turned, certainly not as a pass catcher and even less so, I think, as a blocker. Um, it, it's just been a problem all year and it, it makes you miss Gerald Everett a lot. And, and maybe if they have Gerald Everett last night, that's kind of one of those inflection points that I think could have won them the game, but just having a complete... You know zero, I guess, as you're starting tight end, like it, it just made the game so much harder against the Chiefs, especially maybe when you're going against an offense that has Travis Kelsey um, on the other side, and you're trying to kind of match firepower for firepower. Um, I guess this is just a general question that we were going to get, but uh, this comes from Peel. Uh, will the Chargers make the playoffs in your opinion? What what is sort of the magic number they need to get to? I guess in terms of wins here. Well.
2: Um they have to get to at least 10 wins. Like they're not winning it. They're not making it with nine Vegas right now has the chargers uh, with a 55% to miss the playoffs. So basically 45% chance to make the playoffs, which I mean, or they, it's complicated. They have a, they give it a 50% chance for the chargers to make the playoffs a 55%, 55% chance for the chargers to miss the playoffs. I know the percentages don't add up to a hundred percent, but like they're, they're playing like both sides of the, of the better or the gambler so it's basically a coin flip at this point and it comes down to two things how healthy are the charges going to get going into the final stretch which they've already lost mike williams they already lost nasir Adderley. i don't i mean it seems like it's going the opposite way based on that alone but and also how how much is justin herbert going to carry this team like i thought he did a tremendous job yesterday but he's going to need to play like yesterday like for every single game and they have they have some big games like the titans and dolphins one they're not gonna be favored in those games. Like the Dolphins are gonna be favored against the Chargers. The Titans are gonna be favored against the Chargers. And I think the Chargers should be favored in every other matchup, if I'm not mistaken, but they're gonna to have to win every game they're favored in. And they're gonna to have to probably snatch one of those games where they're underdogs in. If they if they mess up any game they're favored in, I think you can just kiss the playoffs out the window. Cause it is a coin flip right now and other teams will take advantage, advantage of the fact that the Chargers are gonna miss.
1: Yeah, me and Steven both said last night just looking at the next four games here, you have Cardinals, Raiders, uh, Dolphins, and Titans. I think they probably need to go three and one in that stretch. And that means I think going two and oh against the Cardinals and Raiders, which in theory shouldn't be too difficult. Um, but, yeah. you know, winning one of those Titans, Titans or Dolphins games I think is going to be really difficult considering how both of those teams are playing right now. Uh, we just saw how the Chargers got absolutely ran on by Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I I fear Derrick Henry with my life um, yeah. in that game because that's just a really terrible matchup. And then after that, it is the Colts, Rams, and then Broncos to finish out the year, uh, I believe. So, like... I think then you can probably go like two and one in those games, but really we're at the point where the Chargers can afford two more losses, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're, if you go 10 and seven and you finish the season five and two, then you're probably in the playoffs. If not, you know, I, I don't think nine and eight much like last year um, gets you into the playoffs. And I think the chargers have some help because right now, obviously the jets, for example, have a quarterback problem um you know you sort of see you know even the patriots aren't really settled at quarterback right now so you know not like the end of the world right now i you know in terms of the chargers and their playoff seedings um but the bengals are going to get jamar chase back they have a playoff seed right now um so they they need help right to get into the playoffs and so that probably relies on the jets bengals uh jets and bengals have pretty tough schedules um, but, you know, Chargers have to win the games that they are supposed to as well. And Chargers are going to be playing against two, uh, probably the top, you know, four or five AFC contenders in the Dolphins and Titans coming up. So I think the numbers that they have to go 10 and seven and anything less than that, they're not in.
2: Yeah. And uh, I am not looking forward to that Titans game at all like that. That could literally go so bad for the Chargers if if they don't want to tackle and they're just not in the mood and Derrick Henry can legitimately go for, like, 200. Like, I, I wouldn't feel, like, I, I feel confident in saying that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I remember just, like, the last couple weeks of last season when, like, people would check out, like, the playoff picture when the Chargers were in it and when the Chargers, like, weren't in it by the end of the year. But, like, there were a couple weeks where it's, like, do we really want to make the playoffs if our wild card game, you know, is in Tennessee? And it's, like, uh, you know, here's here comes Derrick Henry. Like, I don't know. That... Was just a really tough situation. And obviously, Derrick Henry is is healthy this year as opposed to what he was um, at the end of last year. So that uh, is not going to be a fun game. And I think you probably just have to hope that like Ryan Tannehill is really bad or like, you know, Malik Willis has to come into the game at some point. Like that is is probably what you're hoping in terms of a Chargers win there. But if they can just run the ball with Derrick Henry, much like the Chiefs did with Isaiah Pacheco last night, um, yeah, I I think that the Chargers are just kind of. Screwed in that case, and then I do not want to see the Dolphins game where they can't get pass rush pressure on Tua, and oh, he's just throwing to Tyreek and Waddle. Like that—that has you know probably not as bad as the Derrick Henry game, but that is also a game that if the Chargers don't play that properly, could kind of get ugly in a hurry.
2: Yeah, there that two game stretch could literally like make the Chargers defense look like complete trash. And like it's it could be it could be
1: really really ugly if if, if you know, they don't take it serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um Yeah, I mean this is kind of more daily job talk, but you know, like does he keep his job if we don't make the playoffs? I mean, I think you're just starting to see like in general um, Sort of what I was talking about earlier in the year, I did not think Staley was safe if they didn't make the playoffs this year. I know at points that's kind of gone back and forth with like what Steven and Tyler have thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, won't say he's out if they missed the playoffs this year because the Chargers could just go, hey, we had a lot of injuries and that's the reason. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I I don't think he keeps his job if they miss the playoffs this year, especially with some of the high-profile people that have been rumored that potentially want that job. Yeah. All right. Probably one or two more minutes worth of question. Um, This comes from Ben. Hope Tyler's okay. Pass some love to him for us, fellas. So Tyler will be fine. He'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, I think we're all just kind of hurting right now. Uh, I guess we can end on a positive note. Uh, This comes from uh, Merritt Boydston. What are the team's biggest needs heading into 2023? Um, So not trying to get too much into draft talk or anything like that by this point, because the Chargers still have the playoffs, uh, you know, here, but just evaluating their weaknesses through these first 10 games. What are their first, uh, what, are probably like the three biggest positional needs that they need going into next year.
2: Um, I think I would start with. Yeah, this one's tough. I think I would start with. Um, damn, with edge, I, I there's just no juice. If one of them goes down, and I don't think it hurts to have any more depth at i sure. Um, I would I would go, corner then because you're probably cutting Davis Callahan's on a one-year deal. And then JC's coming back from patella, t- patella tendon, which is like the most gruesome injury of all in all of sports. So you need a, you need some guys there. I know people are going to say receiver, but I mean, they're going to have all three guys on contracts next year. So you, you're not taking a fourth, the fourth receiver in round one or two or something, even if you need speed all that much. Um, so yeah, tight end, I think tight end is big. You need to get a game-changing tight end yeah. or just some depth just to keep Trey McKitty off the field.
1: Yeah. I, I think tight end is probably a big one or something that's vaulting up the list that I did not think would be like such a big need, you know, prior to the season. Um, I think if you're talking about, yeah, an edge three, like we sort of thought Kyle Van Noy coming into the season would like be able to hold down like that unit, but he hasn't been, you know, able to, you know, obviously, you're not going to provide the same juice that Joey Bosa brings on a week in week out basis, but just has not been good enough or consistent enough from the pass rush standpoint, from a run game standpoint where like defenses or offenses just know they can run at him. Um, Like they just need more there. Um, You know, so that probably is like a draft problem. If you like want to draft one in the first three rounds or something like that, Um, as opposed to like kind of waiting for, you know, day three with like a Chris Rumpf type pick um so yeah i I think that could be it and then uh yeah quarterback i I think staley even this offseason loaded up on cornerback and went and got bryce callahan and 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 got Z jackson right um but yeah i I think that that's another position that they have to go with in the offseason um some people are pointing out linebacker i mean yeah depending on what they want to do with kenneth murray and and his fifth year option which will come up at some point um yeah, that's going to be a big uh position too. But uh all right, I think that's gonna do it for us tonight. Arjun, any final thoughts as now we try to turn the page on this game and head into Cardinals Week? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just stay strong. Uh, do not do not
2: fall into two and on or burrow non. Um, you know, we will we will stay strong in these times. And like all things, you know, the 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 good quarterbacks will prevail, and the the bad ones are the not they're not bad, but the ones who aren't as good will eventually, you know, get shown the light. So, um, I I still fully believe in Herbert, and I still think there's a, a a more than a, a slightly more than a coin flip chance for the Chargers to make the playoffs. But again, they do need to make some changes, and I'm hoping we see a a, a change in mentality going forward.
1: Yeah, I hope for a change in mentality going forward. Um, And, you know, we'll be uh, live on Wednesday to talk about Chargers Cardinals uh, in a in a maybe uh, the the biggest coaching matchup of the season in Cliff Kingsbury versus current Brandon Staley. Uh, So I'm sure that'll go well. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we are going to try to stay out of Doomer territory. Justin Herbert is our quarterback. Don't fall into the to and on, uh, you know, propaganda. But yeah, overall, not a great game for the Chargers, but have some chances to bounce back here with the Cardinals and then Josh McDaniels Raiders uh, the next week. So not all optimism is dead. So I'll see you guys next time.